welcome to episode five of the Marketer Pitch Podcast. I'm Corey Davis. I'm joined by my co-host, Yesenia Reynoso. Hi, Corey. Hi, everyone. How are you all? Happy recording day. Yes, and welcome back. Uh, for those who are just joining us for the first episode, I encourage you just to listen to episode, at least listen to episode one, where you can just get an introduction of myself and Yesenia, our background. I'm in advertising and marketing. Yesenia is in PR. And also listen to the, my favorite episodes thus far has to be the a political episode where we break down the, the past presidential election and we talk, discuss the kind of advertising, marketing, PR spin and the results from the election. Uh, but besides that, Yesenia, did you do anything fun last week? How was your past week? Well, first and foremost, my week went good. Uh, yesterday in New Jersey, we had our first snow of the season. I don't know whether I ought to be elated or cry. I like snow, but I hate winter. I'm a summer bee. I prefer the beach a million times over the mountains. And uh, before I elaborate further, just uh, to quickly uh, turn the subject a little bit, I really want to welcome our, our subscribers, our audience, and don't forget to have the opportunity to uh, catch up on all the previous episodes of Marketer Pitch uh, at uh, various podcasting uh, platforms. And please... Like, comment, subscribe, share, and even leave a review. We definitely want to hear from you. Yes, please. And coming out probably either at the end of this year, because we only have a couple episodes left until we take our break, or in 2021, we want to do a listener episode, a listener bag episode. So we definitely want to do hear your thoughts and just do an episode listening to your thoughts and just discussing what you guys think of the podcast so far. It's all audience related, so we'll give you details uh, down the road. All right, so let's go. Let's whip right back over to my uh, snow episode. I tried cross. I actually tried cross cross country skiing a few years ago, and I failed miserably. But I almost broke my. Uh, I even broke my almost broke my ankle twice due to the skis. So on on top of that, it, it was cold. C O L D cold. Three degrees for that high that particular day. Really? Yeah, I'm definitely not a winter person. It's one of the reasons why I moved from New York to Los Angeles, because I said no more snow for me, no more winter for me. Um, I actually like skiing and I like going to the mountains at two or three days at a time. But I love the ability where I can go for two days for a weekend and then come back to 70 degree weather. So I encourage everyone, if you don't like the cold weather, please join me in L.A. If you want to get something that's actually temperament and nice all year round. I prefer that a million times than the four seasons here in New Jersey. Definitely. So just getting more, just to get to know us, Faith, like you said, this is episode five. And I want to start off with a fun topic so our listeners can get to know us a little better. So Yesenia, 2020 has been the year of quarantine, staying in the house binging tv shows or even just binging streaming shows so what shows are you streaming right now what's a good show that you should think our listeners should watch i just finished watching the queen's gamut on netflix i've heard a lot about that recently how is that i loved it i'm not i don't know chess i'm not a chess geek but man the show was top notch that acting the production, the storyline. I, you know, f- you know, for someone who is 
you know, definitely interested, you know, in um, real vibrant storytelling, I may actually want to learn how to do chess and I, the the uh, the acting, especially from the protagonist, uh, Anya Taylor Joy was absolutely fabulous. I definitely give it a thumbs up to anybody. I know it broke records. I think over 62 million uh, watched that uh, show on on Netflix. So I highly recommend it uh, if you want to watch it over the holiday break. I also watch Emily in Paris. I started catching up again on The Handmaid's Tale and finished uh, uh, finishing up on The Marvelous Ms. Maisel down to two episodes of episode three. And then the last two nights, I also watched uh, The Chef's Table on Netflix, uh, really impeccable from the, from, Spotlight, from the Spotlighted Chefs. And in terms of movies, I watched The Trial of Chicago 7, uh, The Five Bloods, and the sequel to Borat. What about you, Corey? Oh, uh, but actually, just really quickly, how uh, is Emily in Paris? That's not a, I, I just being transparent, that's not a show for me. I don't think I'll be watching it. But I do, just from reading the trending topics, I do know the show is about, I believe, marketing and PR. So it's kind of in our wheelhouse. And uh, I know there was initially just some kind of blowback from the show, 1A, because I believe that they were saying that the the star of the show is very unlikely for for this girl to be in a French either a marketing or advertising world. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and and not speak the language. And then also, I heard from the, from French people who are kind of offended of how French the French were portrayed in the show. Just what's your initial thoughts? Because that is interesting that uh, that you watched it. Uh, you know, at the time, the reason why I decided to watch you know, Emily in Paris was because I wanted to see France. That's it. I didn't watch because of the storyline, because to me, uh, storylines have to be absolutely impactful. It has to capture my attention for me to actually, you know, watch the show. Uh, Yes, there was a marketing uh, and PR twist. Uh, The the main character, um, Emily, was played by uh, Lily Collins, was a, a marketing advertising executive who moved from Chicago to France. And, you know, to be honest, there, there might be some misconnections because, you know, first and foremost, uh, we don't really, we don't really see, you know, um, an individual, you know, speaking English, be able to dominate, uh, you know, the advertising scene in France. Uh, so, um, so I completely understand, you know, um, some of those uh, misconceptions. And then, you know, uh, do I think that the French were, uh, were badly portrayed? Perhaps. Uh, I know French people are very, you know, um, again, I've never been to France before. I've never met a French person, but, you know, from what I've seen, you know, they're very much a very passionate group. Um, they love life. They're very much, uh, you know, uh, free going. Uh, and so, you know, I'd rather hold off on those perceptions uh, until I actually visited France. But again, the only reason why I watched the show was because <laughs> I wanted to see Paris. That's it. I was trying to get ideas because I want eventually I will be uh, hitting France, hopefully within the next uh, within the next year or two, crossing fingers, depending as to how this uh, pandemic, uh, you know, if, if it does come to a close. Uh, but that's the main reason why I watched. Uh, but. At least, you know, from a marketing PR perspective, I kind of understand, you know, some of the misconceptions and uh, things that popped up on the show. Got it. Uh, but so the show that I'm streaming that I'm obsessed with right now is The Boys that's on Amazon Prime. Um, don't know if you've heard about it, but The Boys is, I call it the anti-superhero show, where uh, the show is about 
a world where a traditional superheroes who are really the villains. So you have your Captain America esque main character who on the from a PR wise PR face that's the face of America. Yep. You have your Wonder Woman esque character who PR wise is a is the dominant face of America. So you have a group of superheroes who are treated like the biggest celebrities in the world. They're treated like the, the best people in the world, the heroes. But in reality, that's far from the case. And you have this group of 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 villains on on paper who are really the good guys that are trying to expose the superheroes for just some of the racist and some of the misogynist and, and crime and killing that they actually are doing. Um, it's very it's two seasons so far. I probably started the first season maybe a few months ago, and I've binged the first and second season within a month. It's my favorite show of all time. Very in depth. Kudos to the writers of that show. Um, but if you haven't checked it out, please check out Amazon The Boys. And actually let me know. Email marketerpitch at gmail.com to, to discuss, discuss your thoughts with me. I really want to hear your thoughts. But that's my favorite show right now. Oh, that is absolutely uh, amazing, Corey. Maybe I will check it out during the long holiday break. And yes, please uh, uh, please email me your thoughts as well as to some of my uh, favorite shows um, and movies. What are your recommendations? Because again, I'll be doing two weeks worth of binge watching on all of my streaming services. So please email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. Want to hear from you. Nice. So let's move on to our next segment. It's the news headlines of the past week. In this segment, we look at some of the biggest headlines and just give you a little our take on what interested us. Uh, so the first article is from Ad Age from this week, and it's about the NBA who is trying to lure viewers back for its unusual season start date. So as we know, the NBA was affected by COVID, just like all the sports league, and they actually ended its season back in early October compared to when it usually should end the season back in June. So because of the, the prolonged season, the past season, this new season, instead of beginning uh, at the end of October, is actually going to begin on Christmas Day. So in the article, Ad Age discussed the different marketing strategies the NBA is doing in order to drum up fan support and preparation for the new season that does begin later this month. So in the shortened season, fans are not expected to be in attendance in the majority of arenas, and the NBA is looking to continue the use of virtual fans like they did in the 2020 playoffs in the Orlando bubble, which I can say is probably one of my favorite things any sport league, sports leagues have done. It's using Microsoft Teams, who I believe the NBA used. Anybody could be front row, and you didn't have to pay $1,000 for tickets to sit next to President Barack Obama or sit next to Dwayne Wade or sit next to Shaq in the virtual fan stands. So I definitely love that idea. But... Uh, just, Justina, how are you feeling of how the NBA handled the bubble? And how are you just feeling about the other sports league, the MLB, NFL, during COVID? Do you think that the NBA is doing a better job than the other sports league? Do you think that just overall, have they failed? What's your thoughts? First and foremost, I want to give props to the NBA because out of all the sports leagues, they handled the COVID-19 pandemic the best with their bubble, Orlando bubble, I should say, for the postseason. They ended up having zero cases. They handled it beautifully. Props to Adam Silver because he's the best commissioner in all the sports. The NBA basically drew a blueprint for how to continue and have success in an unprecedented season that other leagues should have followed. The NHL did have a bubble. MLS 
did had a bubble in the beginning and then went on to uh, continue with their season without it. MLB did it, the bubble for the postseason, though their regular season got off to a rocky start. And we all know what's currently going on with the NFL. I'm also impressed with how innovative the NBA is because they have always come up with new, awesome ways for the fan base to interact with the players and vice versa. I'm loving their virtual fan wall. It made them yes. feel um, like they were a part of the game, even though they weren't physically there. Um, it's all about the fan engagement when it comes to sports, regardless of sports league. Uh, I saw. I also saw a better pace of game uh, between the teams. It was much more thrilling um, up to the minute. Uh, I'm not a basketball fan, but I did uh, follow through Sports Center on uh, some of the changes they implemented. Yes, and uh, I actually am curious to see how the NBA will uh, evolve and change this next season because I agree with you. Adam Sindler, Adam uh, Silver was a genius when it came to the bubble and the playoffs from last season. But it helped. They had no cases because everybody was locked down. You couldn't go in. You couldn't go out. Now the NBA is moving into the same territory of the MLB and the NFL where teams are still going to travel from game to game, from arena to arena. And now players are not going to be locked in a hotel room, they're going to be just living their normal lives. So now I'm curious to see, will the lack of cases continue uh, or will the NBA turn into what the NFL has turned into where each game you're finding five, six, sometimes maybe even seven players not playing because of a positive COVID result. So it's definitely uncharted territory for the NBA. And um, I'm curious to see how they're going to react over the next few months. In terms of the shortened season itself, it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA continues to evolve. I'm a little surprised that they're actually going to jump right back to it. Didn't they recently hosted their uh, finals about two yes, months ago? two months ago. So normally it goes from July. Through, normally the break time is from July through um, October. So they normally have about three or four months of a break time. Mm-hmm. So they're cutting this in half, which you may get a lot of player fatigue who just realized that I just started playing two months ago, but we'll see. Um, I don't agree with the lack of the lack of rest time for the players, but I, I actually am in agreement on shortened seasons, not only for the NBA, but for the MLB. I definitely think that they should definitely keep the shortened seasons. I actually am all for the shortened season because I know in MLB, they hosted their playoffs and they ended actually on time on October in October. Yeah. Uh, and so right now they're currently going through the off season. Typically right now, um, we're supposed to be discussing the winter meetings because it's supposed to be around this time, but obviously due to COVID that's not happening. Uh, and so there's also discussions about, you know, maybe implementing the, the universal DH in the national league, as well as also trying to figure out how many games they're going to play uh, in the 2021 season, because the fact for um, MLB uh, players, especially pitchers to jump from, 60 to 162 may be too much. And so perhaps maybe we're going to have a shortened season, uh, probably maybe around uh, 100, 120 game-ish. Uh, I am uh, not certain. Uh, MLB and the Players Association are still discussing that. Uh, so we can definitely discuss that on another day. But I do want to say something to, to close this out, Corey, about their Only Here uh, campaign. Um, I know for a fact that the league is making the case of uh, you uh, not give you you are not giving to find the jam pack action elsewhere 
type, um, they're going to have the hashtag only here, which will be used throughout the season. And uh, the campaign debuted across uh, TV and digital platforms uh, in over 10 games. Uh, so I know that the, the, the only here campaign is, you know, including a lot of action game uh, highlights of the thrilling rivalry, spectacular gameplay, the, dra- the drama and the swagger that all of the players bring, which can only be found in the NBA, which is what they specifically want. But one more thing to point out before we wrap this up um, is the ratings. Um, last season, the league experienced a dip in them, so it might be something to watch. Yes, and with that, that is our last words for the news headlines. Again, our news headlines where we give you uh, our take on some of the biggest headlines for the past week. So moving up, our next segment is My Ad Chat. So for My Ad Chat for this week comes to us from Deadline.com, who has an article about the Mario Lopez-led movie on the Lifetime channel about Colonel Sanders. Yes, that Colonel Sanders, the founder and face of Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC. The film premiered Sunday afternoon on December the 12th to massive fan anticipation. The film called A Recipe for Seduction as a mini-movie that follows a young Harris as she struggles to pick between a rich suitor selected by her mother and the new house chef, Harlan Sanders, who brings more than his 11 herbs and spices secrets to the table. In true typical lifetime fashion, things take a turn for the dramatic when the heiress's mother and the disappointed suitor seeking to take out the KFC mascot himself. So ahead of its release, Lifetime shared a trailer online last Monday that occupied the top worldwide trend for a couple of days on Twitter. Lifetime prefaced the trailer by writing, mark your calendars, because Lifetime and KFC have partnered for a Lifetime original mini-movie you don't want to miss. So for a little background how this came together, it was reported that the creative ad agency, Wyden and Kennedy, who handles a KFC account, approached Lifetime on this idea 18 months ago. The creative agency, in conjunction with KFC, scripted the story to make sure it had the same sensibilities and struck all the beats of a Lifetime original movie, from romance to drama to intrigue. Now, I think this was a genius idea from KFC and Wyden and Kennedy, along with Lifetime, and I hope to see other brands replicate this in the future. Creating long-form content for advertising that is interesting, funny, and viral goes a lot farther, in my opinion, than a simple 30-second ad in the Super Bowl that's probably priced very similarly. The mini-movie makes KFC cool, edgy, and more importantly, helps them sell more fried chicken. Making content that is endemic with the network that is airing, it allows viewers to better resonate with the ad and creates higher ad recall, which in turn should drive sales. So as we move into the next stage of advertising that needs to reach millennials and Generation Z, these are the type of activations that appeal to these generations and does not come off as cheesy, boring, and dated. I seriously applaud KFC, and I laugh, and hope to see this from other brands. So, at least for my own curiosity, I would love to see a Netflix romantic comedy between Burger King finding love with an unlikely woman, who's a redhead named Wendy, who also sells burgers. Uh, And speaking of Netflix, the streaming platform, who famously does not have any ads or or generate any revenue from ads, can actually work with advertisers in the future in this kind of capacity. Imagine having brands creating interesting content that entertains, but also advertise their product. Yesenia, I definitely want to get you into this conversation. One, did you see this 
even see the picture of Mario Lopez dressed as Colonel Sanders. But two, what are your thoughts on just brands developing long-form content and selling it to entertainment companies as a new form of advertising? I'm laughing at the moment because <laughs> I want to say this. What? <laughs> this is an unorthodox brand tie-in combination. I wanted to pull out my arsenal of gifts, the image of the woman going, what the? And then gives a pensative look. As soon as I saw this news on Twitter, I knew you were going to talk about this. <laughs> I even knew that you were going to choose this for your ad chat. And I'm so glad you did. <laughs> because I'm literally laughing right now, even as I'm giving my reaction. <laughs> First, this KSC uh, trying to make chicken or Cur- Colonel Sanders sexy. I think they did it just I think they they pulled it off basically in an in an odd way. But props to them. Uh second, Lifetime? Really? Uh I view Lifetime as a more dramatic version of Spanish soap operas. But yes, that's what I they're agree. known But that's what they're known for, right, Corey? <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> Over the top. <laughs> Um, if they really wanted to go into the TV movie scene, they could have just asked Hallmark to do a holiday love theme around the Colonel and the Chicken or Wendy and the Burger or even the King from Burger King and the Whopper. <laughs> I, I mean, they could have just uh, they could have done that. But from a PR perspective, I'll give them this. It got people talking, which is what you want. The announcement, along with Mario Lopez's involvement, made it a trending topic on social media and across the Web. You're looking for buzz and impact. Now, the seeds have been planted and the, and the viewers were, are, were actually interested um, in learning more about it or even watched it, which I did. I don't know if I'm going to get back that one, one minute and 15 seconds of my life again. But, uh, uh, but that's exactly the, you know, the kind of unorthodox content you want. Um, uh, and that, you know, that is something that both uh, KFC uh, and Lifetime uh, drew up uh, with the narrative that aligns both the brands in a multidimensional story. Agreed. And, and like I said, just like for Netflix or other brands or other entertainment brands who are kind of apprehensive to taking on traditional advertising, this is a way for the future that they can actually adver- sell advertising space on their platform. Because I think there's been studies about millennials and Generation Z is uh, these generations, which I'm a millennial, we, we both are millennials, don't mind advertising if it's in an in, in entertaining format if it's very endemic to our current brand. I think traditional advertising where it's you watch something that you're very interested in, some kind of content, you see a 30-second ad that has, no, that has no relevance to what you're actually interested in, and then you go back to your content. But when you're watching some kind of advertising that's very title, that's very entangled with the kind of content you love, majority of people in these generations don't seem to mind the advertising and actually support these brands that are advertising within these uh within these uh, content spaces so i definitely think it's a genius move from kfc and i can definitely see this happening for the for other brands exactly it's a prime uh marketing partnership it's a unique unique pairing to uh pick up uh the audience interest in some ways it brought back some relevance uh, it's a good attention getter or distraction whatever way you want to look at it but this type of creativity is exactly what audiences are looking for it got people talking uh which which is exactly what what these brands want at the end of the day definitely and netflix i'm telling you please call me i already wrote a script in my head 
on the love story. It's Romeo and Juliet between Burger King and Wendy's Burgers. Their parents don't approve because they're rival bro- rival chains. But Burger King and Wendy's <laughs> found love in a hopeless place. Trust me, I I I wrote the script. So Netflix, please call me. I can help you out. Oh, Glory, <laughs> I'm literally am laughing right now because that 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 story is it's it's so impactful. It like it'll make me cry. Romeo and Juliet. Okay, and with that, that is my ad chat for the week. Please email me your, well, your storyline ideas, but please email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. Just give me your thoughts. Do you think KFC and Wyden and Kennedy did a genius move? Do you think it was cheesy or do you think it was terrible? Please just email us your thoughts. And for our next segment is uh, Yesenia's PR angle, where she gives us the latest news that's happening from the PR world. So Yesenia, you want to take it away? Uh, thanks, Corey. Uh, welcome to my bulletin board. I kind of feel that we're switching sides from the funny and the cheesy to the little bit more serious. Uh, but, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, anyway, as mentioned in my last episode, uh, it's time to reflect on the moments that certainly made their mark in 2020. And boy, were there were plenty. I think it was pretty clear this year um, is how more Americans became invested in societal issues, especially with the younger generation. Millennials and Zillennials have a very strong say in terms of the brands and buying power they possess. If there's one thing we know, Millennials and Zillennials value authenticity. When When major societal issues or events come into play, young people develop a deeper interest in how brands respond to these situations. With the ever-changing demographics and cultural shift in our country, millennials and zillennials expect brands to adapt to today's times. According to Provoke, P-R-O-K, the outlet wrote a feature about how young Americans expect brands to join them in their push for real transformative change. The Xeno Group did a survey with young Americans where the results reveal stronger convictions of the future. It was focused mainly on Gen Z, but this is... Well, All of this can also be applied to millennials. Despite the tumultuous year, young people still had ambitious plans to usher in a much more equitable, healthier future. The the survey shows the brands will indeed uh, follow their lead. Uh, According to the survey itself, uh, 76% of respondents say that the year impacted their personal beliefs, values, and character. It fundamentally changed young Americans. And that is with due to COVID, the racial civic unrest, and the 2020 presidential election. 73% of those uh, respondents believe that the society or social economic equality is on the wrong or uncertain track. 75% of respondents feel that the country is going in the wrong or uncertain direction. But at the same time, respondents were also united in wanting to bring important societal changes that would address the issues that they cared about. The top issues uh, that were mentioned uh, in the survey include improved access to mental and emotional health services, racism and inequality, social justice, community policy or police violence, misinformation in in the media, and election security. So, Brands, do you see a connection of some sorts? You should, because Brands need to be crystal clear as to where they stand. Now, with social media, individuals can comment and share news within minutes. For those who value reputation, one wrong move and your entire brand can be ruined within seconds. 
Just look at what happened with Sherman with Sherwin Williams. The company fired a 21-year-old simply because he was paint mixing and posting those videos on TikTok. He gave them free publicity, marketing, and a whole new audience for them to tell their story. A true talent, creative, perfect for their team. That's, that's the kind of stories you want, right? Well, you knew what happened next. Corey, the court of public opinion is more refined than ever. Do you feel that brands can no longer be neutral? And how genuinely do they put their views out there without looking like frauds? I'm very conflicted about this uh, subject because in a, in a just world, I, th- I think in a non-biased world, if I'm taking a, a, a step back, I, I really do want to say that I don't want my brands, I don't want my Kellogg's, I don't want my Campbell's Soup, I don't want my Lowe's or Home Depot to really be out there giving their opinions on social media, giving their opinions in public spaces because of, I, I think I support these businesses because I like them and their services. I don't necessarily need any of these businesses to give me their opinion. So that's my 30-foot view. In reality, which is the truth, I actually do look at these brands in a way to see if they support my, my same causes. Uh, to give you, for instance, Home Depot has had some questionable, some questionable um, ideas and beliefs as for their CEO. And myself, I'm like, okay, let me shop at Lowe's because maybe Lowe's uh, supports some of the same ideals and values that I have. So I definitely think that a lot of people may say that brands should make a difference in what they support. But a lot of people do support brands and companies that have to share the same values that they share. And I definitely think that it is important, especially in 2020 with the racial uprising we've had over the summer, um, also just the pandemic and then the presidential elections. It's definitely time for brands to actually step up, speak up, or shut up. And the brands that are actually taking a step and a leap of faith and actually giving their opinions and doing the right things are the brands that are being rewarded. And I definitely think that they will be supported in the future. I get the sense of conflict of interest on your end, uh, Corey. Uh, You kind of get the feeling that brands can no longer run and hide. They can't stay on the sidelines and be neutral. It's now or never. Pick a side. It's also indebted due to the current environment we're living in. Since we're in a polarizing society, we we have to basically pick a tribe. We talked about how brands need to educate themselves on the issues and demonstrate a real interest in being leaders of change along with uh, ordinary Americans. So brands and senior leaders must actively push for uh, societal change in order to reach this all impactful group because they're so influential. So even if your product or brand doesn't directly target them, they will still have an influence on how other how. Uh, I'll reiterate that I'll, they will have an influence as to how others are going to perceive you because at the end the who who is the the main uh, deci- uh, court of opinion at the end of the day who makes the final decision and telling people as to whether or not to buy a product it's the customer uh, but we but what we know is this uh, at the end of the day brands are going to continue playing the quote-unquote conservative economic game because companies will align with whatever is within their best interest financially also, as long as it doesn't hurt their revenue lines, they will follow the cultural scene or they will follow the scene and align because it benefits them economically. At the end of the day, it's all about the money. Agreed. And with that, that is our final word for the Marketer Pitch Podcast, Episode 5. 
Uh, Yesenia, any final words before we let our listeners wrap up and uh, and end? Uh, well, thank you to everyone for listening to episode five. Please don't hesitate to offer your thoughts. Email us at marketerpitch at gmail.com. Like, comment, subscribe, and share. Even leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Also, Marketer Pitch is available on numerous podcasting mediums, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and now officially on Pandora. So Yay. check us out. Yay. And also, I want to extend happy Hanukkah to our, Jew- uh, to our Jewish uh, listeners. Uh, it's a very special annual holiday for them. Uh, they, they started it yesterday uh, on the 10th, uh, and it's going to continue all the way through the 18th. So happy Hanukkah uh, to, uh, to our Jewish uh, listeners again. Yes, Mazel Tov. And with that, thank you guys for listening. And again, happy Hanukkah. Hope everyone has a great week. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye, all.